the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christie strikes again. That would be Christy Noem, governor of South Dakota. I don't know if you knew it or not, but uh, yesterday was International Women's Day, and she took the opportunity to announce that she was eagerly looking forward to um, signing a recently passed bill out there that would make it illegal for males to compete against females in high school sports in South Dakota. And she said, you know, uh, that doing it on International Women's Day was fitting. Anyway, here's what the bill says, quote, a team or sport designated as being female is available only to participants who are female based on their biological sex. Now, I don't think the fact that we even have to uh, have a law that states that, but, you know, what if it's just said a team or sport designated as being female is available only to participants who are female, period. Forget based on their biological sex, but today we have to add that. Anyway, talk about a radical law saying that only women should compete against women and girls against girls. But it's interesting because the big guy, uh, he signed an executive order yesterday on International Women's Day that, quote, guarantees an educational environment free from discrimination on the basis of sex, including sexual orientation or gender identity. So... This law in South Dakota could be challenged in court, and, you know, who knows what could happen if it ends up in this Supreme Court. It's also interesting to see how the media report the story uh, in South Dakota and around the country. Uh, the headlines go something like this. Uh, Christy Noem of South Dakota seeks to ban transgender women from competing in sports. That's, if, just, if you look around, that's, what, that's the kind of he, uh, headline you'll see. And that's the way most of the uh, media will portray it any time they report on it. The reason is pretty simple. They have to show how woke they are, and they also, uh, in the process, show that they know nothing about sports, either that or that they can't speak honestly about what they know about sports when it comes to uh, transgenders without the risk of losing their jobs. Now, Idaho has passed a similar law, and it got the same reaction from the media I don't know if any of the local sports media here in uh, Pittsburgh have touched this story yet. If they have, I haven't seen it. I know that if I were working uh, in TV or working at the local sports station in town here, I'd be doing lots of stories on this, including interviews with female coaches and athletes, which I've done here to some degree. But this is an important sports story, and it's a really good sports story, and there are only two reasons for sports media to ignore it gutlessness or stupidity okay i'll make it three uh throw in lazy so three reasons why they wouldn't do it but christy noem is out in front again on a common sense issue that most americans agree on and that's why you're going to keep hearing her name mentioned as a presidential candidate for uh, 2024 anyway speaking of sports in our second half hour we're going to have an expert on to tell you why kids should have always been playing sports especially outdoor sports during this pandemic over the last year, and they definitely should be playing now. But coming up right after this break, the difference between equity and equality and why that difference is huge. Stick around. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium My Pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium My Pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. That's regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All My Pillow products come with a ten year warranty and a sixty day money back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. 
or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. Major milestones are always a cause for celebration. And right now, Blinds.com is giving you a great reason to celebrate your home with up to 40% off everything as a toast to their 25th anniversary. Blinds.com really does make it a piece of cake to order online with free shipping and a guaranteed perfect fit for your windows. Whether you DIY or have them handle the install from start to finish, you really can't get it wrong. Blinds.com was an internet company founded in a garage back in 1996. And today they help millions save time and money as the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Don't wait to turn your house into a dream home with the perfect custom finishing touches. Visit Blinds.com right now to shop their anniversary deals and make your house feel even more put together with up to 40% off everything. From blinds, shades, interior shutters, and even outdoor shades. Rules and restrictions may apply. Cheers to another 25 years. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and the Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we are offering 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is Dennis Prager along with my fellow host Mike Gallagher. We both want to invite you to join us for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October 27th to November 5th. I've been all over the world, but I can never get enough of the great state of Israel. You will be amazed and inspired in your faith. Dennis and I have planned every detail minute by minute of this trip to make sure you have the best experience possible. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, especially because Israel is the leading country in the world in COVID vaccinations. Join us as we sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Walk the steps of the old city of Jerusalem and join us for a Shabbat service that will reenact the old traditions. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Aren't you ready to travel again? We are. So come join us. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, it's early, but the word that's in the lead for 2021 word of the year is equity. Uh, Democrats can't stop saying it, and it seems like a pretty nice word, you know, like equality, only maybe better, or maybe not. Um, Mike Gonzalez is the author of The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free, and he's here to tell you, uh, to uh, tell, tell us to be uh, beware of people in government who are pushing equity instead of equality. Mike, thanks for being here. Hey, John, thanks a lot for having me on, and uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, traditionally, people like you and me would not look askance at the word equity. Equity is a, it's a great word. It just means almost the same thing as equality. However, this is a very corrupted meaning. It's been uh, living in the academy with this corrupted meaning for a very long time. And, uh, you know, what happens in the academy doesn't stay in the academy. Like in, like in Las Vegas, uh, the Biden-Harris administration, and, and in this you have to really say Biden-Harris, because the VP is driving a lot of this, has put it on steroids, and they want to apply it to every domestic policy. And I'll tell you very briefly, and I'll tell your listeners, what it means is the opposite of equality. It means treating Americans unequally, depending on what race or ethnic category or sex they belong to, in order to obtain equal outcomes, again, according to racial categories. This is a lot to unpack. I'm just going to leave it there and let you ask the question to see you know, yeah. what you want me to explain that? Well, what, to me, as a guy who worked in sports for a long time, um, 
Uh, and uh, uh, those of us who did work in sports, we were supposed to be thrilled by Title IX because it gave women and girls a chance to compete in sports, which uh, which was a great thing. But it's my favorite example of uh, the um, the difference between equal opportunity and equal outcome. Uh, that the Title IX, the entire um, premise of Title IX was distorted because I think it was in the Clinton administration. It switched from making sure that girls have the uh, an equal opportunity to play sports to equal outcomes, and they started getting rid of boys' teams and men's teams. Um, and so it, it, it's completely, it's kind of the same thing as you're talking about here. It's uh, the, the difference between opportunity and outcome and forcing yeah. the outcome. Yeah, we're not supposed to, uh, in the United States, we're not supposed to promise uh, equal outcomes. In fact, the, the founders were very clear about this. In Federalist Number 10, Madison spoke about the fact that outcomes would be different because people have, individuals have different faculties, meaning different talents, a diversity of faculties, actually. He, it was good, good use of the word diversity. And, and, and where, what he meant is, and he said that, that the protection of these faculties was the first object of government. Uh, so, so, so the United States system is not, is, is not set up to, to, uh, to, to, to guarantee equal outcomes. That's more the Soviet idea, you know, from each according to his needs to each according to his needs, uh, from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. Uh, so, so, so this is, this is a, a very worrisome thing. And of course, constitutionally, we can't have the government treating people unequally. We tried this before, John. We tried it before, and it had very awful consequences for the whole country. We have to, again, aspire to, to colorblind uh, policymaking. So what, so when you say it, it was tried before and a, a very bad outcome, what, more specifically about what, what, what happened? Well, we're talking about segregation. Mm-hmm. When we were, you know, Jim Crow, uh, the whole right. separate but equal uh, after Plessy versus Ferguson in, in the late uh, 1900s, although it lasting all the way to, I guess, begins to unravel in Brown uh, when, when uh, schools have been segregated by the Supreme Court. Uh, and it was a long process, and it, it didn't work. It, it produced a lot of uh, death and, 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 and cruelty and injustice. So, so it's, it's when we have looked up to the Constitution and Declaration and the ideals of all men are created equal, and the government is going to apply the law impartially and distribute resources impartially according to, to race, uh, that, is, you know, that, that is the ideals that we need to live up to again. Um. And um, it's becoming pretty obvious that uh, Kamala Harris is going to be president, I think, long before 2024. And you mentioned her a minute ago, but, but you also write in Real Clear, Clear Politics that she's a real big fan of equity and using the word and pushing it, and it's everywhere with her. Well, it didn't start with her, obviously. It started in, in the academy, as I said, uh, the professors, especially mm-hmm. uh, Ibram X. Kendi at yeah. DU. Uh, he's a big promoter of this, but Kamala Harris has been very, very clear. She has said many times, equality and equity are not the same thing. They're very different. They're opposites. And, and poor Biden sits there. He cannot get the words off the teleprompter fast enough. Sometimes he makes a mistake uh, because of muscle memory, and he, and he says equality, and then he must stop and back up on himself and say equity. Uh, this, is, uh, this is bad because... All of government, the whole the whole cabinet seems to be bent on promoting this, and and I don't see how it passes constitutional muster. Well, do you do you think that this is a um, a nefarious plot by the Democrats? They, they they glommed onto this word equity and said, "Hey, this this is a good word for us." And uh, and is it a is it a a thing with the Democrats to make sure that people are pushing the word equity? And I mean, are they? Uh, is it a concerted effort to do it, or did it just kind of well, happen? I, I, I think it's. Uh, look, people ask me, well, I don't really talk about political parties. I, the Republican Party, Republican Party is very disappointing too, John. I mean, let's. They don't. They don't really take these issues as seriously as they should. Uh, you know, yes, some some very serious Republicans like like uh, Tom Cotton has been asking of ministry of 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 of. of, of uh, you know, people have would-be cabinet officers who who have come before him. He's been very good on this, saying, 
what does equity mean to you? Is this, is this treatment according to race? And they have been, uh, you know, using weasel words saying, well, sometimes, other times it's treatment according to need. But no, no, it should never be according to race. According to need, yes, there's a national consensus that we, we do take care of people who have fallen through the cracks, people who are in need. Um, that is that, they, they, you know, needs-based help is something that, you know, the whole country has come to accept and embrace. But, but, but race-conscious policies, I just don't see Americans accepting this ever. Well, um, how was equity the theme in all those executive orders that Biden has signed uh, in the last two months? Less than. Well, uh, I mean, right I'm actually months. writing a, 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 an analysis of this right now. Uh, equity runs through the, the, the farm bills that Raphael Warnock has introduced, the, uh, the, 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 that, that, uh, that, that Cory Booker has introduced. Uh, there's also a, a, a uh, what's the name of this? Uh, this proposal, the, 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 the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, pretty much encourages, this last one, the, the, the Justice and Policing Act, encourages the use of quotas in police stops. Uh, for example, it, it says that, uh, that it proved that the routine or spontaneous investigative activities have resulted in, in, uh, in, in, in a, in a, in a, that is, that is that, for example, more men have been stopped for speeding than women. That mm-hmm. constitutes prima facie evidence of a violation. <laughs> uh, what, what police will do then is they will start, they, they will have to start stopping women. Right. For going a mile over the speed limit. Yeah. Because they're going to have to need, need a 50-50 breakdown. Well, you and I both know, and, and the evidence shows that men speed a lot better, you know, much more than women do. It's, but it's, because of this, or more it's, often. It's stupid beyond this, belief. It's, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And, and again, it reminds me of Title IX. It's, um, they, they wanted, it's the same exact thing, because I did stories on this. Uh, a school would see that the, the, the uh, student body breakdown was 53% uh, female and 47% male. So they had they they decided they had to make sure that fifty three percent of the people playing sports were female. That's not the way the rule was intended or the law was intended. But so what they would do is they would go around and try to recruit uh, girls on on campus, women on campus, to uh, start a rowing team, and then they would find enough to to uh, that would want to do it, and then that that would bring the numbers up. But then. Or, or they would just eliminate the the men's baseball team. They just tell the baseball team you can't play. It happened here at Duquesne University. I think it. I think it did. Uh, they they eliminated the baseball team to, See, to comply you go, with the and law. That's a tragedy. That's, that's a tragic consequence. But in the case of crime and traffic, it will be awful. It will mean if a policeman has stopped that day five guys who are speeding, and he has yeah. not stopped a single woman. He's going to let a guy go who's speeding 10 miles an hour, and he's going to stop a woman who's like, you know, borderline speeding one mile an hour. I don't have to tell my, my wife, my daughter, and sister to just make sure that they never drive above, <laughs> you know, 35. Because you and I can drive 10 miles an hour. I mean, 10 miles an hour with a speed limit. And probably get away with it. it. It just makes, all these things make no sense. And yet when we seek equity, which is, you know, uh, par- racial and sexual parity in outcomes. This is what results. People start looking. Law enforcement, policymakers, administrators start crafting policy with an eye toward outcomes. And when we get bad policy, we get, and we also get bad outcomes. We're talking to Mike Gonzalez. He's a uh, senior fellow at the uh, Heritage Foundation uh, Center for Foreign Policy, and also the author of. Um, uh, the um, the how I uh, the plot to change America. Sorry, how identity politics okay. is dividing the land of the free. So, Mike, you and I are sitting here. Uh, we're talking about equity and uh, all, what it means, and and how the word has popped up and it's being used everywhere. And you and I both, for obvious reasons, have to pay close, closer attention to this stuff than most people. I just don't think this is something that the average American is going to pay attention to at all. 
I, 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 oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I actually did a, a show on, on NPR, of all things, uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And most of the people who called were, were really against this. I debated a Georgetown professor who said, no, we have to have equity, not equality. And a lot of people who called, this is NPR, right? NPR yeah. was catered, as you know, to a very, very progressive uh, you know, audience. And people, people did not like this. So what, you say people called and said you have to have equity? No, no, no. They said, no, the government needs to treat people equally. We cannot have quotas. Oh, okay. Okay. So, but, but it's still, it's, it, uh, you write about it uh, in your piece uh, that there's, it has, something has to be racially equitable economic recovery that they're talking about. How does that work? Yeah. Uh, it, well, what they, so, wh- again, this is, this is, a, a racial parity. So I'm going to give an, a, a, an example, which is actually, nobody says this, but an example so people can understand. You have a building, and the people in the building must be, the renters or the tenants or the owners must be 12, 12.5% African American, 17% identified themselves as Hispanics, 50% women in, in whatever the proportions of the New York City uh, you know, 32 genders uh, are. Uh, <laughs> and that's where equity obtains, right? Yeah. Except that you can't really do that unless you, if, if, and that is an example of a building. Uh, you can, anybody can imagine being a landlord and having to strive to fulfill that, that those quotas. You know, you're not always going yeah. to rent, you're, you're going to rent with an eye towards that. Uh, no matter what the demand is, you're going to have to turn people away because that's you really fulfill your quota in one place. But now imagine, now analogize that to policymaking, as I said, with the traffic stops yeah. or with policing. You know, and, that, and then it becomes, you, you, the, the roads are going to become more dangerous. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and why does all of this mean that we're on a course to, uh, as you say, a, a constitutional crisis? Well, I think I actually do think there's a constitutional crisis. The, the Constitution says you can't do these things. You know, the Constitution actually, the courts have already said policy cannot encourage law enforcement to fulfill racial and sexual quotas in, in, in arrests, in, in carry stops, in, in traffic stops. You know, you, you can't, it, that is unconstitutional. But... We have, we have two rival constitutions of sorts in which people are allowing these things to happen. And, and for example, the racial preferences in university admissions. Mm-hmm. This obviously, they, 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 the courts have gone through distortions in order to say this is acceptable and passes constitutional muster. If it's done this way and, and it meets strict standards and it's not a, a quota plan, but uses it as, as, as one of many, yeah, you know, one of many um, uh, reasons why you accept somebody. At the end of the day, you know, as Asian Americans are suing Harvard, and they have a very good chance of ending up in the Supreme Court, saying, no, we have been discriminated against, severely. Because this is this, this, an unspoken quota at Harvard. That's their case. That's the case they're making. So, so, so that, that is where I think that is where the friction comes in, that we have a, a division in our country on how the country should be constituted. One side believes in the Constitution of 87, 1787, uh, as amended since, and the other side believes that, no, we can do all these other things that don't really, that, 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 that violate the spirit and the law of that old Constitution. And that, I think, I, I think that's where the friction comes in. No, that's pretty scary. I got thirty seconds left, and I'm up against a hard break. How do conservatives make an argument against this without having to prove in the process that they're not racist? Well, you just—that you and I—we do not want to see members of any group overrepresented in the penal system or in, or in school expulsions, and we don't want to see. You know, a Harvard Law School class that is 1% black or 1% Cuban or whatever. Or one, you know, we, we don't want to see that. We want to have people have. So we all actually, the whole country wants the same thing. 
the, the question is one con- one side wants to use a heavy-handed approach that says, no, just have numerical targets, and the other side wants to address root causes and fix them. So, so well, I think that... I think we should speak that way. Okay. Well, I'm out of time, Mike. I really appreciate you coming on. Mike Gonzalez, uh, the book is The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free. You can also find him at the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. Thanks again, Mike. Always good to have you on. Thank you. It's my pleasure and my honor. Thanks a lot for having me on. All right. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The trial of Derek Chauvin, former Minneapolis police officer charged in George Floyd's death, is forging ahead with jury selection. Even though a looming appellate ruling could halt the case and delay it for weeks or even months, as the state tries to add a third-degree murder count. At least three weeks have been set aside for jury selection, and no one expects it to be easy. In consumer news, Nissan recalling more than 854,000 cars in the U.S. and Canada that's because the brake lights might not come on when the driver presses on the pedal. The recall covers certain Sentra compacts, the 2016 through 2019 model years, including more than 807,000 in the United States. On Wall Street, stocks finishing higher. The Dow gained 30 points. The Nasdaq up 464 and the S&P ahead 54. This is SRN News. Following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. The red-hot market for plant-based food is accelerating. And with significant consumer demand, plant-based foods could create a massive multi-billion dollar market over the next few years. If you've been watching this sector, then you know that major food companies and even fast food retailers are jumping on the bandwagon for health-conscious, plant-based, and meat-alternative foods. Get the latest research on this sector free with your free report from Avid Biotech. Text stocks when you text plant to 48542. Plant based foods and the companies that are behind them could be worth up to an approximately $74.2 billion in the next seven years. Find out which companies are leading the charge with your free research from Biotech Stock News. Get this red hot intelligence delivered directly to your mobile device so you can make decisions as market conditions change when you text the word plant to 48542. Text plant to 48542. Text the word plant to 48542. Hugh Hewitt breaks down another round of stimulus. $1.9 trillion. They nipped and tucked it a little bit. There's one good part to it, and there's a lot of terrible parts to it. The good part to it is I like the child tax credit. I like $300 per child in America monthly. We'll try it for a year, and we see how it goes. The rest of it's just pork, right? The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-351-4596. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-351-4596-800-
seeing some improvement out there. Delays are really lessening, but you will still see some congestion on the inbound Parkway East, Grant Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge, taking a few extra minutes. Also outbound from Greenfield Bridge Overpass up to Edgewood Swissvale. Looks like we've cleared out on the Parkway West, though. Over in the White Oak area, McKee Road is under construction. It's closed between 48 and Lower Heckman Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies with a low of 38. It'll be warm tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Tomorrow's high, 67. Tomorrow night will be cloudy and mild with a low of 53. Thursday, cloudy, breezy, and warm with a passing shower in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 66. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. a kid who had a season of high school sports pulled out from under, underneath him by uh, stupid decisions made by His Excellency Tom Wolf and uh, our Aunt Rachel Levine, and they were stupid, and we're going to talk about that. Joseph Allen is Associate Professor and Director of the Healthy Buildings Program at Harvard University uh, and at School of Health, and he's also co-author of Healthy Buildings, How Indoor Spaces Drive Performance and Productivity, he joins us now. Joe, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So last year at this time, uh, hundreds of thousands of kids were told their seasons were canceled. That's in Pennsylvania, I think. You can say that many of them uh, were told their seasons were canceled because of COVID. W- was there ever any science to justify doing that? Outdoor sports? Well, I have to say early on when we didn't really know much about this virus uh, and the threat, of course, was and is very real, particularly for those who are older, uh, and kids can certainly transmit and be vectors of the virus, although they are spared from the worst. I do think some of the precautions we put in early on made sense. What we've learned since then, though, is that uh, it's very safe. Outdoors is extremely low risk. And that kids in particular can play sports, particularly outdoor sports, but also some indoor sports. As long as good, decent controls are in place, they can be doing this all through the spring, summer, and the fall. And the concern is that, you know, this is happening in some parts of the country, um, but really sports are being restricted uh, in too many places, in my view. Yeah, um, this is a personal uh, experience for me. My, my uh, grandson uh, had his senior lacrosse season canceled. He played one game, and uh, he was one of thousands and thousands of kids here in Pennsylvania last spring. Uh, baseball, lacrosse, uh, all the outdoor sports uh, for the spring were canceled, um, and uh, that's something those kids aren't going to get back. Was that was that being overly cautious? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, we have to realize what, what's happening here. Uh, the cost of school closures and, and no sports, it's having devastating consequences on the mental health of kids. Uh, this is where they get their socialization, physical activity, uh, and for many, you know, this is what they do, and we've seen the consequences here across the country. And we have to look then what the science says about actual risk. So outdoor sports are much less risky than indoor sports. For example, University of Wisconsin studied almost a thousand schools, almost 150,000 athletes and found that outdoor sports had half the rate of new cases as indoor sports. And further, if close contact sports like lacrosse, if you're wearing a mask, the risk drops down uh, even further. For sports like baseball or softball, where distance is built into the sport, you know, these are, I would classify as extremely low risk, uh, and certainly things like tennis and golf uh, would be uh, extraordinarily low risk. So we need to get back to doing this and be smart about it, and sports that are closer contact, we can have the kids still wear masks while we're just in this transition phase when many millions of people are being vaccinated and the cases are going down, so spring and summer look a lot better. We should be having spring sports. Yeah, you write that it's an inconvertible fact that being outdoors is low risk. <clears throat> I'm just wondering um, what other inconvertible facts have been ignored for the last year. Because what? Well, I guess what I'm wondering here, uh, Joe, is uh, is uh, uh, COVID-19 is is uh, a virus. Uh, you know, when you're all, when it's all said and done, it's a virus. What would have made any one virus more likely to spread in an outdoor sport than any one of the last thousand viruses we've dealt with? 
Well, you know, I take a little different view on on this on what this meant early on. The difference is that this virus, uh, none of us had um, any kind of immunity or prior exposure to it. So, in this sense, you have an entire population that's extremely susceptible, and older populations are extraordinarily high risk. And mm-hmm. kids who then caught the virus, even if it's low risk to them, and is certainly low risk kids, could bring it home to an adult who then could get sick. And and the risk to adults. Uh, is is very high, particularly those over 70 and even over 80 uh, percent level risk. So that was driving a lot of the concern. Now, I do think outdoor sports could have been played. I think schools should be open. I think we have to have good infection control measures in schools still. What's happening right now, though, is we see case counts coming down. We're seeing millions of the highest risk people having the opportunity to get vaccinated. And I'll use this point to mention everyone should absolutely get vaccinated. We need this. Um, and so the risk then to kids stays very low. And now the risk to adults over the coming weeks and months will also be very low as more and more get vaccinated. So for these reasons, it's very clear, uh, regardless of what should happen in the past, looking forward, sports should be allowed to be played, in particular uh, outdoor sports. I even think in some indoor sports can be played. I don't think it's the time to do wrestling right now, but mm-hmm. certainly other sports, even basketball and indoor volleyball uh, can be played. Well, let me ask you, um, what is it, just uh, the science, um, what makes being outside, what is it about being outside that makes us less likely to spread or or catch a virus because we're outside? Yeah, it's probably obvious to a lot of people. At least one part is obvious, and the other one may not be so obvious. The first is, if you look at what the highest risk locations are, it's time indoors, no masks, and low to no ventilation. Well, Uh you go outside and you take away two right off the bat, right? You're not indoors. And you have unlimited ventilation, so the air is moving around. You don't have the buildup of respiratory aerosols that can happen indoors in places with poor ventilation or filtration. But here's the other one that I don't think people know, or it's not certainly not widely known, is that in the sunlight, natural sunlight has ultraviolet radiation that inactivates this virus. Now, it, without the sunlight, it takes about four hours for 90% of the virus to inactivate. In typical sunlight that we see in early fall and late winter, like right now, it takes 19 minutes. In the summer sun, just eight minutes to inactivate the virus. So not only do you get unlimited dilution, you get this kind of cleansing effect from UV radiation that we start that we don't get in the winter as much, but certainly in the shoulder seasons, we get a lot more of. Uh, and in the sun, summer sun, of course, we get a lot, and it takes a much shorter time to inactivate the virus on surfaces or in air. So that's all playing a role. And and um, what about the people I see wearing masks uh, while walking their dogs on a residential street uh, outside, obviously, with, with no human in sight? Is that overkill? Well, look, I think when you go out for a walk, you should have your mask. I think it's a sign of respect to others that you have it. Look, if you're by yourself, you don't need to have your mask up, let's be clear. Um, yeah. At the same time, it's good if you go out for a walk to have it around your neck. You pass by someone else. The risk is low, but it's a sign of respect, especially in this next transition phase as people get vaccinated, to pull the mask up. It's really not much of an ask to say wear a mask around your neck and pull it up if you pass by somebody or if you happen to walk, you change your mind on that walk and you're going to go into a store, then pull up your mask. Mm-hmm. But certainly if you're walking alone or walking with a family member, you don't need to have your mask on. Um, but I do encourage people to wear it if they're not vaccinated or have it with them so if you're around other people, um, it's just a simple. It's a simple act, uh, and it's a, and and it's uh, and it's important to do, and especially if you're going indoors. There, um, uh, I'm going to get to indoor sports in a minute, but just sticking with the outdoor stuff for a minute, they uh, they are arresting and fining people in Canada uh, for playing shinny hockey, which is hockey on a pond outside, uh, and for riding toboggans. And um, I mean, they're they're fining people large amounts of money for uh, having more than like five or ten kids on a rink. I think it was one point it was you were allowed to have ten, and then they reduced it to only five kids at a time could be playing hockey outside. Uh, My my problem is why would health experts there uh, see that happening? Here are the stories about kids being and parents actually being fined like thousands of dollars. Why would they continue to allow that to happen without saying, listen, what you just said about outdoor sports, come on, it's, it's low risk, leave the kids alone. And then not just, I'm just yeah, thinking of Canada because I know about it. I don't know it, that you know? specific example, um, but absolutely. I mean, I think this is one of the reasons I wrote the piece is that I see um, this happening in different parts of the country, in different parts of the world. 
um, where some of these, uh, you know, well-intentioned efforts, like, you know, let's try to do what we can to keep people safe, uh, go overboard, and they're not tied to real good science. For example, it reminds me of what happened last year, right about this time, it was a little after this, where we started to close, many cities started to close parks, and yeah. so, uh, and close playgrounds, and tape off benches, and I think it was driven by uh, a fear of not of the unknown. But we actually knew a lot about this virus and that this was not a high risk to have playgrounds open. In fact, we needed these parks and playgrounds open to encourage people to get outside, knowing that indoors was the problem. And also, this provides a great relief to many people, right? This is a stress reduction. This is good for mental health to be out and about in parks and going for walks. So uh, clearly, I don't support the idea of, uh, of finding people um, for doing these low, uh, low risk activities. And the reason I wrote the piece was to call attention to that. This is still happening in many places where there are overly, uh, uh, restrictive, uh, limits on, on outdoor activities. Yeah, we're talking to Joseph Allen. He's associate professor and director of the Healthy Buildings Program at Harvard University's T.H. Chan School of Public Health, and he has an op-ed in the Washington Post. Uh, you can see it at WashingtonPost.com uh, on this subject. Uh, again, I, I, the thing that confuses me, and I, maybe I'm just, I'm just too thick to get it, but um, people who study viruses, they make assumptions that viruses do certain things. What I don't understand is... Um, regardless of whatever the danger they thought of catching this virus was, what was it that made them think that this virus was going to spread to people who were outside playing baseball? Do you know what I mean? Where they didn't worry about, they don't worry about that with other viruses. Aside from the fact that they, they didn't know what, how dangerous this virus was if you did happen to contract it, the disease, what was it about this that made them, seem, it seems to me, disregard everything that they knew about what just viruses in general do and how they, how they act. Yeah, I would agree with you on that point. And I will say, you know, uh, it's remarkable that I had to write this piece, you know, in March of 2021, I wrote a very similar piece at the end of March, 2020 with a couple other colleagues, right as this was happening with parks. And the whole point of the last piece a year ago was keep the parks open. Mm-hmm. We knew a year ago that this was low risk. So I agree with you uh, absolutely that we knew from basic infectious disease epidemiology um, that this was going to be low risk. And there was a lot of unnecessary shaming that was happening uh, when we actually needed to be encouraging this kind of activity and gathering. And and this happened through the fall last year when, um, you know, there was all this talk, should people be going to the beaches? Should we close down and restrict beaches? Well, absolutely not. Um, And um, so here we are, you know, we had a terrible winter in this country. There's no doubt we saw an explosion of cases, uh, a, a death toll that's hard to imagine uh, when other countries have handled this uh, so much better. Uh, but now we have to recognize we're out of that peak. The vaccines are outstanding and providing great protection to those who get it, who are older and higher risk. And there's no reason. There wasn't a reason last year to limit outdoor sports, and there's certainly not a reason right now. And and who was responsible though for uh, is it was it more government or uh, uh, that that was responsible for the what you're talking about shutting down playgrounds you know local governments or federal government whatever or was it uh, was it health of, uh, ex- supposed health experts who were um, that that they panic and 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 create what more of a panic than we needed to have for the last several months. Yeah, well, so I, I'm, you know, there were, we certainly had to take this seriously. And I'll, it, we, there's blame to be had at all levels of government. I'll start with the prior administration at the top, not taking this mm-hmm. seriously, calling it a hoax, telling us in five days all the cases go away when we knew that that wasn't the case, uh, and promoting false, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, false medical um, practices that we know were not grounded in the science. So it wasn't taken seriously. The message was grossly confused. At the local level, many decisions were also made by local governments to, for example, tape off park benches. So there's yeah. a lot of blame to go around all around. I think it was a, 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 a clearly a failure. Other countries had the same cases we did at the same time a year ago uh, and managed this in a way that didn't destroy the economy. It didn't destroy livelihoods. And most importantly, didn't lead to over half a million deaths. So it's quite shocking being someone in public health, knowing we knew the plan a year ago. We knew what needed to be done to protect lives and livelihoods. 
and we just did not get it done. But then, uh, Joe, Dr. Fauci was saying, uh, I think it was one year ago, yesterday or the day before, you don't need to be walking around wearing a mask. That's, ex- that's, a, that's exactly what he was telling everybody. Uh, and he was, the, he was the number one expert who was uh, presented to us by the federal government as being the guy we're supposed to listen to. And he said, you don't need a, you don't, not only do you not need to wear a mask when you're playing a sport outside, you don't need to be walking around wearing a mask. How, how could they yeah, be so that outdoors, wrong? The risk is definitely lower, I agree. I think it's smart and good practice that we started to have universal masking because, one, it's a simple intervention, and if you're around other people, you can transmit this outdoors if you're in close contact with others. And, again, it's such a simple thing to do. And, the way, you know, the benefit of masking, let's say I'm wearing a mask that's even 70% efficient. You have the same thing on. Instantly, between us, the combined effect is over 90%. Add in some distance, outdoors, unlimited ventilation, and this is the way to stay safe. So when you have a population that's universally susceptible, every, and, and we have, and we now know, half, we knew, the models all showed we could have half a million deaths. This was not a surprise if we didn't get our act together, and we didn't, uh, it would lead to this. And so the, the masks work, plain and simple. They work. Now, do you need to be wearing it when you're alone for a walk? No. Do you need to wear them indoors when you're around others? Yeah, I think that's a really smart thing to do. It's one of the most effective things we could have done last year. Instead, it took us about, I don't know, six or seven months for the whole country to get on board of this really simple intervention. Who wouldn't wear a mask to save somebody's life? Uh, We know they work. The science has just reaffirmed this over and over. Um, And so I I think smart guidance, absolutely, that people should be uh, wearing a mask, in particular indoors or when they're in close contact with others. The game changes. Now that we head into spring and summer and we have a vaccine and we're already at, I don't know, the number today, over 50 million, maybe close to 60 million people with their first dose. uh, And we're on pace for the end of this month to have 100 million people with their first dose. That's going to dramatically change the risk profile out there because younger kids and even young adults in their early 20s are really low risk for any complication if they get this virus. Hey, Joe, I'm out of time. I know you got to go, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. The piece is at the Washington Post. That's an op-ed by Joseph Allen, Associate Professor and Director of the Healthy Buildings Program at Harvard University's T.H. Chan School of Public Health. Thanks for being here, Joe. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll be right back. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 percent vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere you'll also get 10 percent off your total project when you mention this show Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O. V-I-T-E dot com. Have you heard? 
Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19 related disruptions have caused abnormal behavior in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pest-free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair dinkum. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com, promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if a big guy, uh, big guy ever does a, a press conference, uh, maybe the media could ask him about this story from the New York Times. Uh, thousands of migrant children are backed up in United States detention facilities along the border with Mexico. Part of a surge of immigration from Central Americans fleeing poverty and violence that could overwhelm President Biden's attempt to create a more humane approach to those seeking entry into the country. Imagine that. The number of migrant children in custody along the border has tripled, tripled in the past two weeks to more than 3,250, according to federal immigration agency documents obtained by the New York Times. This is a New York Times story. And many of them are being held in, are you ready, jail-like facilities jail-like facilities for longer than the three days allowed by law. It'll be interesting to see if the media jumps all over Joe Biden and his uh, buddies uh, for the jail-like facilities, according to the New York Times. The growing number of unaccompanied children is just one element of an escalating problem at the border. Listen to this. Border agents encountered a migrant at the border about 78,000 times in January, more than Double the rate at the time, same time a year ago, and higher than any January in a decade. Hey, big guy, how about a press conference? Maybe we can talk about that. And I'm sure CNN and MSNBC are going to be in tears tonight over these kids in, are you ready, jail-like facilities. Oh, no. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.